What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. The Oakland Police Commission is hailed as one of the strongest in the nation. But right now, they're in a little bit of chaos. Uh, that chaos may be easing up with two new commissioners. Joining us to break it all down is Eli Wolf, a journalist who has been covering this issue for Oakland side. Good morning, Eli. Good morning, Kat. Thanks for coming on the show. Eli, can you give us a little background on the creation of the commission, including the evolution that took place with the ways in which it functions uh, going back on the ballot in 2020? Yeah, I mean, the, the commission was created essentially to help uh, Oakland uh, have a more cohesive process for uh, finding, for example, police chiefs and also setting up reforms for Oakland's police department, which has been under federal oversight for uh, many years now. Um, so the goal is to have... Right? Uh, yes, yes, it goes back uh, over 20 years at this point. Um so the idea with the commission is to create, you know, to give, you know, community oversight over uh, Oakland's police reforms um, and to, uh, you know, provide more community input into this process, which has had a lot of attention for, for decades. Um, so that's that's kind of what brings us to the present. Um, and it was, there's a lot of hope invested in how the commission would uh, operate. And that's uh, part of why the last year has been really concerning for a lot of people who've been watching how the commission has operated. All right, let's 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 bring us up to present moment. Break down for my listeners the, the, the divide that has just played out and its connection to Mayor Tao's firing of former Oakland Police Department uh, Chief LaRon Armstrong. I'm sorry, would you repeat the question? Sure. Can you break down for my listeners the divide that um, has been playing out um, and the the connection to Mayor Tao's firing of former Oakland Police Department Chief Laron Armstrong. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as listeners probably know, uh, the mayor fired Laron Armstrong in February of this year. Um, this was after he openly criticized the uh, the federal monitor, uh, accusing them of corruption while he was on administrative leave while the city was investigating claims that he had a. Uh, mishandled um, police discipline cases. Um, the commission uh, has been uh, divided on that uh, decision. Um, and what we've seen over the summer is that uh, some of the commissioners um, were very unhappy with the former chair, Tyfara Malele's uh, handling of the discipline case for Armstrong. Um, over the summer, um, the Coalition for Police Accountability uh, started to demand that um, Malele be removed from the commission. Um, eventually, she uh, they were joined in this by um, two commissioners, uh, Marsha Peterson and Regina Jackson. Um, they brought up other issues with Malele, um, you know, including the claim that she was deviating from the commission's uh, processes for doing business, that she had marginalized them in commission meetings, um, also the issues with her handling the discipline case uh, for Armstrong. Um, I should note that uh, Chairman Lele denied those claims, and she has uh, argued that the coalition is trying to exert inappropriate control over the commission. Um, there's a lot more background that I can get into here, um, but things really came to a head um, last month. Uh, 
three or three commissioners, uh, two commissioners and an alternate, including Corelli Ordaz, who is now a full commissioner, uh, started boycotting meetings, um, saying they wouldn't attend until Chair Malele and the former vice chair, David Jordan, uh, left the commission uh, when their terms expired in mid-October. Um, and the reasons that they gave for that included a claim that uh, Malele was creating a public impression that there was going to be a fast track process for Laurent Armstrong, who has applied for his old job. Um, this followed a neutral hearing report uh, that said that Armstrong essentially should not have been fired. Um, that doesn't hold any um, power over the mayor's decision to uh, fire him or to rehire him, um, but it uh, created uh, you know, evidence that Malala had used to argue that maybe Armstrong should be considered for his old job. Um, so I can keep going, or we can, uh, uh, so that's, that's sort of the background here. Right on. I want to tug a little bit at um, a couple of threads. One of the issues, um, to my understanding, and even for me, Eli, right, who, who tries to track this stuff because of um, my other work, one of the issues was that Malele, the language that they were using around Armstrong was one of reinstatement as opposed to um, he had to go through an application process, but he couldn't have been reinstated, right? That That was like never a possibility. No, that was never a possibility, um, and she did use the reinstatement language um, specifically in setting up a public town hall um, where people were able to come to a what should have been a commission meeting, but they didn't have a quorum, um, so it was just a informal um, gathering, essentially. But the advertising for that meeting said, should Lauren Armstrong be reinstated? There's no mechanism for him to be reinstated. Uh, the, the charge is pretty clear here. The mayor can hire him, but there's a process that, uh, you know, he has to go through just like any other candidate. Um, and it should also note that Mayor Tao has been very clear um, in saying repeatedly that she will not rehire him. Yeah, she has been clear. And, you know, even though the investigation cleared him of most wrongdoing, um, I think the analysis for a lot of us is that he, he wasn't fired for that. He was fired for the statements and actions that happened after that. Um, and that Mayor Tao really was put in position to have no choice but to fire him. I don't know if you want to respond to that or not, um, but I wanted to put that out there. Yeah, my understanding is that the mayor has said that she she got she she terminated uh, Armstrong because he spoke out during his administrative leave, um, held a a public rally uh, or, or attended a public rally um, where he criticized the federal monitor. Um, and, you know, that that has been her state justification for removing him and saying that she didn't have confidence in bringing him or retaining him and then also why she doesn't have confidence in bringing him back. The next thread I want to tug on uh, is this this accusation around the Coalition for Police Accountability. I mean, I do think it's important for people to understand that they were the lead organization. Now, it was a bunch of orgs that, that stood in solidarity that did get the commission um, put on the ballot. Um, both times, and they are the most present organization inside of those rooms. Can you talk about the role of CPA and the police commission? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they played a really pivotal role in, um, you know, helping create the commission or getting the commission created. Um, they have a lot invested in seeing the commission's work come to fruition. Um, 
And, you know, if you attend police commission meetings, they, their representatives are almost invariably the ones who, who attend. Uh, they're, they're pretty sparsely attended meetings for the most part. Um, so they, you know, I think that the way they see themselves is that it's part of their responsibility to continue putting pressure on the commission to do its work and also to follow what they see as, you know, the, the proper rules and procedures that govern the commission. Um, that's that's a big reason why they expressed concern about Chair Malele's uh, behavior. They they saw her approach as one that was not conducive to a um, you know to collaboration with the public. I think they wanted to have a more active say in some of the reforms and the processes that the commission was engaged with, um, and they really felt like uh, they weren't getting that from the prior leadership. Um, and I think that's a big thing that they are looking for in this new set of leaders guiding the commission is, you know, hoping that they will have a, a say in some of the commission's business. I want to take this as an opportunity to encourage Oaklanders to attend these meetings. It is a critical function inside of the city as we try to redefine how public safety is implemented uh, in the town. Um, okay, Eli, Malele and Jordan have termed out who has replaced them. Yeah, they've turned out um, they have been replaced by, uh, well, one new commissioner and one alternate, former alternate. Um, Corelli Rodaz is the former alternate. Um, and then the brand new commissioner is Wilson Riles Jr., a former city council member for Oakland. Beloved Wilson Riles Jr., who is a left progressive, progressive radical, unbossed and unbought. What and, and with a really clear analysis around police uh Violence, he himself was assaulted inside of City Hall um, by law enforcement. I believe he was going to the Department of, of Planning. Um, this was just a couple of years ago. What type of change do you think Wilson Riles can bring to the commission and, and how it's operating? Well, he's a uh, he's new blood. Um, you know, he has not taken a part in any of the drama that sort of consumed the commission over the better part of this year. Um, so I think that uh, he will potentially bring a more level approach to some of the issues that they've been dealing with. Um, and, you know, he is also not going to be a part of the trio that were part of boycotting the former leader. Um, so I think that he will have um, maybe more credibility with some people in the community. But it remains to be seen. He hasn't said a lot yet about what he wants to accomplish beyond he really believes we need to get a new police chief stat. I have a question just on, on a technical thing because because uh, I don't understand it. Malele and Jordan termed out Regina Jackson has been on the commission since its inception. She was a Libby Schaff um, appointee. How is she still on the commission? That is a great question. Um, I don't actually <laughs> know off the top of my head what her when her term uh, goes out. Uh, you know, if they're reappointed, they, they have longer terms. So that that may be a piece of it. But unfortunately, I do not know that basic question right now. Right on. Um, Mayor Sheng Tao had put out a statement basically blaming the police commission for the lag in the hiring of a new chief, which caused some friction between the commission and the mayor. Where is all of that at? And do you think the two new folks on the board um, are going to fix that or will there be lingering resentment from the three that are still there? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 sort of the question in everyone's mind now. Um, you know, I think that the the commission has tried to make it pretty clear that they are, you know, on track to hire this new police chief, um, that they are not deviating from the timeline they should be on. 
Um, if you go on the commission's website, you know, you can see they have a timeline laid out where, you know, basically the mayor was supposed to be interviewing finalists for the job, you know, this week. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. The, uh, you know, the new chair, Marsha Peterson, has said that she wants to uh, uh, kind of backtrack on the process um, so that they can interview semi-finalists and then get a have the full commission talk to um you know a group that will then be winnowed down to three that will be sent to the mayor um when that happens is anyone's guess um i think uh having talked to regina jackson about this in the past that there was some hope that maybe this will happen by november um i know that the mayor has said that she would take potentially a drastic action here like declaring a state of emergency if they didn't give her a finalist before the end of the year um I don't think that's going to happen, or I hope it doesn't happen. I think a lot of people hope it doesn't happen, but we will see. Um, they they presented that they are back on track now that they have, um, you know, their full roster of commissioners, although they still need to get two more um, now that uh, Rudolph Howell has left. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's anyone's guess how this is going to play out over the next month, but they are very clear on what their priority is. Um, Eli, one, maybe two more questions. Uh, the mayor did get a list of seven, right? Like that was part of the kerfuffle that happened was that Malali and Jordan, um, oh no, yeah, Malali and Jordan, they sent a list while the, the three were on boycott, Malali and Jordan, they sent a list of seven folks to the mayor claiming they were finalists, right? That was part of the drama. Yeah, the, the ad hoc search committee, which also included Howell, um, sent a list to the mayor and its city administrator with, seven names, including Armstrong. Armstrong is the only person who was named. Um, so we don't know who the other six are. Um, the, you know, Jackson, Peterson, or I think that they were upset by this maneuver because normally what would happen is the commission would, you know, find a list of seven candidates, interview them, um, and then bring them before the commission for, um, you know, winnowing the, the number down before sending a list to the mayor. Um, so this, this was seen as an unorthodox move um, and one that was precipitated by, you know, the internal conflict we've been talking about here, where I think that, you know, Malele wanted to be able to send these candidates forward. And she specifically, I shouldn't say she, the, the search committee specifically wanted to name um, Armstrong because they were concerned that, uh, you know, he wouldn't get a fair shake, essentially, in this process. And that, you know, once... Malele and Jordan turned out that uh, the commission and the city would sort of quietly just allow Armstrong's application to uh, be shuffled away um, and not ever publicly addressed. Eli, final question. It's a little bit of a digression, right? Some of the law and order drumbeat that we're hearing in Oakland right now um, is saying that that the the crime that we're seeing uh, in Oakland right now is because we don't have a police chief but we've been dealing with this uptick since 2019. Yes. Yes. Um, there definitely has been a more significant spike in some crimes this year. Um, but you know, it's yes, crime, crime, crime waves in Oakland come at, you know, various periods and this, this stuff predates, um, you know, Powell's administration. It predates Armstrong. Um, this is, to some extent tied to uh, broader crime trends that we saw that emerged during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, it's also a little bit of comparing apples and oranges, but, you know, that some of the crimes that have been floated as, you know, very seriously concerning, 
you know, we saw more homicides, for example, um, in, you know, previous decades in Oakland. So, um, yeah, this, this is not necessarily a new phenomenon, I guess is the way to wrap it up. Thank you very much. I think like getting that message out right now is super important. Eli Wolf, thank you so much for coming on Law and Disorder. I hope you'll come back. Yeah, thank you so much. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>